Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Hello and welcome. You are tuned in to the Weekly Warrior Podcast. Today, it is I, Jared Bones, with Connor. How are you doing, Connor? Really good. How are you? Great. I'm feeling good. I feel very, very good. We just got done with uh, Open 22.2. I watched Jess do it and two other ladies did it today at the gym. Lots of fun. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a miserable little workout, but it was cool. It was. Tell me what it was. It was two movements. Yeah, it was two movements. So you start at one and you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then back down the ladder. So nine, eight, seven, six uh, of deadlifts and bar facing burpees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the guy's weight was a classic 225, ladies at 155, where you could scale that 135, 95, oh, and uh, 10 minute, 10 minute time cap. So it's a really uh, significant challenge to get that thing done you literally can't go slow you can't you really don't have any breaks if you want to try to finish and um mm-hmm. so far no one's at the gym is finished yeah and jess got pretty close she got into the fours she was about to start the fours on the other end so it's close yeah that's she's awesome <laughs> yeah she's yeah. a killer all-star she's yeah. sick all week didn't eat much and then just was like yeah i yeah she did it today so it's cool. Oh man. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. What are you up to? You guys went to Apsy Farms. Yeah, man, we had a great day. We we got up early and we went to the gym and then we put in we put in a huge order with Earthbed Muscle. Nice. So I don't know if you guys do this, but I always like to do bulk purchasing at the beginning of the month that you have it for the whole month and then you can kind of restock at the beginning of next month that's kind of what we did we did a big order with earthbed muscle and then we drove down to apsy farms and we did we picked up a a lot of meat so we restocked our freezer so it was it was a great day you guys like to stock up at the beginning of the month you run it like a business like, yeah, and it's it's really me. It's it's really my preference only because that's how I think of our finances. Mm-hmm. So when I think of finances, I think of, okay, we start the month with X amount of dollars, and then all of that money has a job. So you've assigned that money a job. And then the money that's coming in during that month is for next month. So you're okay. always kind of a month ahead. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Okay. That's a Dave Ramsey thing. <laughs> yeah. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. I've listened to him on YouTube quite a bit. Uh, uh, is as recent as like uh, January, I was starting to get on his stuff again. Yeah. It's pretty sound advice. A lot of it is pretty good. I think it makes sense. Yeah. He's, I like the idea of assigning your money to a job ahead of time. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like you have spending accounts. And I think, so I'm the saver and Corey's the spender. And usually in relationships, you have both. 
And I think the idea of having a spending account really works for people who are spenders because you say, hey, we have X amount of money for groceries and meat and supplements. And so we get to spend it at the beginning of each month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like you're assigning your money just like little worker bees or little ants. Like they're exactly. all got their little job and they run off and do it. Yeah, exactly. So, That's but cool. we used our weekly warrior discount code at both places, Apsy Farms. And Earthbed Muscle. And that's Warrior 10, W A R R I O R 10. And we got our discount. Hell yeah. Great. 10% yeah. off both places. And Epsi Farms ships everywhere in the country, not everywhere in the country. They won't come out to California. They can't get to little old me. But a lot of places, like as far as Colorado and throughout the whole Midwest, they'll ship you your meat. So it's great. Yeah, yeah, they're expanding. So you should visit their website, Apsy Farms, and follow them on Instagram and see if they deliver to you. Yeah, that's dope. You guys got a big haul today, too. You got some beef brisket. You got some like ground beef. You got eggs. You got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we did a big haul. We, we got a bit, yeah, we got a huge, it, it must be a nine pound brisket. Oh, and we also yeah. got a pork butt. Yeah, because mm. we just got that smoker. And so we want to experiment smoking some bigger, some bigger pieces of meat. Yeah, that's awesome. So what have you done in the smoker so far? We did, I haven't done anything. Corey's been in charge of the smoking so far, but I've expressed to him that I would like to learn how to use the smoker. Okay. Mostly because I work from home, so it would be really easy for me to smoke meat during the day so it's ready for dinner. He's done venison in the smoker. Um, we've tried to do pizza in the smoker. It didn't go great. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to try that one again. It's it's a lot of experimenting right now. Yeah. 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 Have you guys like checked out like YouTube, like how to smoke a pizza or like it's just like, yeah, we'll just I mean, experiment on your own. Like any meats, so, like have you looked up things or what? Is it just like, let's try it? I haven't. Corey, Corey has, and he has a good friend, Chris, who has a smoker and has mm-hmm. the same smoker that we have. So very often, Corey will just give Chris a call and say, hey, I have a nine-pound brisket. What do you recommend? Mm-hmm. And he usually has our back there. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I love smoking. You guys have a little bit different smoker than I do. I have an electric smoker and it works mm-hmm. good. I mean, it, it's all the same. It just heats up different. Um, maybe, I mean, some people that are into it probably say it's not the same. That's fine. But to, to us, it's great. And yeah. we've done, we like to do whole, ch- like whole chickens are the easiest thing. You just put your seasonings <sighs> on and like throw it in the rack yeah. for like four to six hours, maybe I would say. And comes nice. out great. It comes out great. And uh, we do that maybe... We were, yeah, we go through fits, you know, we'll, we'll smoke like two, like a chicken every week for like three weeks and then we won't smoke for like another month or something. Yeah. Um, that's the easiest thing we've done. And I've made uh, salsa in a smoker once. So I like chopped up, oh, no way. Or I put in like whole vegetables, um, tomatoes, onions, and like stuff to make salsa, threw it all in the smoker, smoked it for, mm. I don't know how long, not long, but, uh, and that turned out okay. I think a secret of the smoker, as far as I know, and I'm an amateur is to smoke like one aspect, especially with like something like salsa, like only smoke the tomatoes 
right? Because otherwise, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. smoke is way, way too strong. Like the salsa was way, mm-hmm. way, way too much smoke. Um, but I think yeah. if we just smoked the the tomatoes or just smoked the peppers, it would have been good. It would have like that little hint of like smoke. Um, yeah. And maybe that's the same thing with like maybe you just like smoke the pepperoni or something for pizza. But I don't know. Mm, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah, you want to balance out those smoky flavors right. with something that's kind of fresh and bright and acidic so it's not just smoke all smoke Eat, in you're your eating face. smoke right yeah 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 i'm gonna give that a try exactly. yeah that's cool i mean you guys yeah. are gonna have a great time with the beef brisket um all right counter man this is this is gonna be a great episode today so mm-hmm. let, let's get into a bit of the meat here um so you you're gonna be working on some presentations coming up and Today, I want to dig in your brain about the first one you're doing. So you are talking about habits. Overall theme is habits, informing habits. And you're Mm -hmm. kind of an expert in this field. All you do is form good habits and coach people on how to get sustainable habits. So we're going to talk about sleep and sleep hygiene and getting good habits surrounding sleep. Um, And we've talked about sleep before on this podcast probably a couple times but you know we spend most of our Mm -hmm. life asleep so this is really important (laughs) um yeah so basically i don't know why why are we here again you know what what is your what's the fresh new take for you here yeah just like you said we tend to talk about sleep a lot and we've done a few episodes with sleep i think the most notable episode that we've done was episode 42 it was sleep Waking up early and the Mamba mentality. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, I loved that episode. We were talking about Achilles heels and you and Corey did that episode. So that's a great sleep episode to revisit. So it was episode 42. And we tend to talk about sleep, especially when we think about becoming a weekly warrior. and you know, really living into our potential because sleep is so foundational. I, I think most people out there either want to get more sleep or better sleep. And I was reading a lot about sleep just in preparation for this, this habit forming series that I'm facilitating. And one, one in three people are underslept. And I say that just to point out how widespread this is. And I think at one time or another, we've all kind of struggled with sleep. And I think it's important to know that if you are struggling with sleep, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. This is a very widespread issue. And I don't know. Bones, I would be really interested to hear your sleep story. So I think we all kind of have sleep stories. My sleep story was really struggling to fall asleep at night. I started using a lot of sleep aids. So, you know, Tylenol PM, NyQuil, melatonin, and really getting hooked on those and depending on those to help me sleep. And I was also in a state of, you know, there's this vicious cycle that happens with sleep where you have poor sleep and then you're really drowsy and foggy and then you have really low productivity and then you have chronic stress and you're kind of trapped. You're trapped in this cycle. 
So I also, along with having really crappy sleep, I became really dependent on caffeine. So depending on caffeine to wake up, stay awake, you know, stay awake all morning, stay awake in the afternoon. And I just felt kind of trapped in that cycle. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever had an experience of just really going through a season of really crappy sleep, but what did that look like for you? Hmm. This is an interesting, interesting question for me on sleep. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've always been pretty good at sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, yeah, that's great. And But I mean, yeah, like you said, everybody goes through a little bit of a stage where you're just not getting good sleep because one thing or the other. And I think looking back last year in December 2020, January 2021 was mm-hmm. a time when we were doing 75 hard. And I, mm-hmm. in order to do that program, we had to do, do two workouts a day, 45 minutes. So we'd always do our 45 mm-hmm. minute walk outside at like 530 a.m. So I'd be getting up really early. And on top of that, you know, we'd bring our dogs. So 530 a.m. We're walking. We have our dogs. We do our 45 minute walk. Okay, we get back 545, 6. Dogs need a bath because it's muddy as hell outside. Now their paws are dirty and we don't want our apartment dirty. Mm. So boom, bath yeah. time. Boom, breakfast. Boom, work at 730 and work until 630 p.m. And I think that consistent every day um, wore me down to a point where not only was I just exhausted, but it was weird. I wasn't sleeping very well. Um, Mm-hmm. And I was getting up earlier, way earlier than I usually do. And that just, I just didn't work. Um, I think that was the only time where I was really struggling with sleep. And I've noticed with myself based off of that experience for, you know, a month and a half, two months, um, and doing that job where you getting up early and going to work at 730 um, mm-hmm. every day for 10 hours and having, it was patient care. So it was that type of, it was, you know, patient care. Um, kind of stressful uh it wore me down and i realized how much sleep i need so at that time i was probably getting like six to eight right somewhere in there Mm -hmm. but i noticed a huge difference when i got 10 huge huge difference Mm. in my mood mostly um i felt refreshed much less anxious much less like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say i was depressed but like things that might kind of be like worrisome or like kind of bring you down like kind of bounced off me a little bit on those days where i got really good sleep and uh, right now i'm probably getting like eight to ten ish um somewhere in there usually mm-hmm. and that's really good but i'm using melatonin at night now so i don't know my mm-hmm. sleep story is honestly always been pretty good i've always gotten pretty good sleep um there's always spurts I mean, even when we worked at worthy getting up at 4 45 a.m and going to coach yeah. right but i always came home and like napped for like an hour and i was like bam right back at it at noon Mm. so either way Mm -hmm. if i'm getting up early i just need total in a 24-hour period like eight to ten hours um is where i notice a really good healthy wake cycle (laughs) yeah oh man you mentioned you mentioned so many great things that i hope we can talk about today um mood mood being one of them there's a key player a key neurotransmitter called serotonin that plays a big role in sleep and it's one of your mood regulators so when you said mood i was like oh yeah your ser- your serotonin is really good mm-hmm. 
your serotonin production is really good. And then napping. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about napping. Good, bad, and, and the kind ugly. of myth. Yeah, myths and misconceptions okay. with napping. Cool. But yeah, I, my hope today is that we kind of we kind of are talking about these relatable stories of we we kind of struggle with these sleep issues. I want to talk a little bit about how we identify with our sleep issues because that's actually really important and I'll tell you why. And then I want to use this high-level framework that was developed by James Clear. So James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits. And he developed this framework where he talks about the four stages of habits and also the four laws of habits. So this podcast is going to be very different in that we're going to talk about really practical ways to hack your sleep routine. And I think there's going to be some really, really good takeaways from this because we tend to talk about the benefits of sleep and we kind of all know why sleep is so important to thriving. But now we're going to kind of rewind and talk about, okay, so my sleep is really crappy right now and I need to fix it. How do I fix it? Great. So that's what we're going to talk about. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Sweet. Okay. So I think we talked about this widespread issue. It's really interesting when you think about how people are ending their day right now. And we're kind of artificially extending our day in that we tend to get caught up in TV shows Netflix, you know, it's so easy just to, yeah, I'm going to watch another episode. I'm going to watch another episode. You keep clicking next episode, next episode. And we also get caught up in, I call it the doom scroll where you're just scrolling. Yeah. You're just scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just getting the next <laughs> feel we're good. Kinda, yeah, exactly. And we're kind of using those things as our ways to decompress. And it's actually really counterproductive. But before we kind of talk about better ways to decompress and wind down, I want to talk about identity. So one thing that's really important when we're forming new habits is it has to start with creating a new identity. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So many of us get really attached to the stories that we tell ourselves. So I want you to tell me if any of this sounds familiar to you. I'm a night owl. I'm a morning person. I'm an early bird. I'm a snoozer. I, I just can't. I just can't wake up in the morning. So those are things that I hear people say. And those are things that I say also. Mm-hmm. The, I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. Um, do you do you have any of that internal dialogue? Yeah. Or have you ever noticed that internal dialogue? Yeah, all the time. I'm not a morning like workout yeah. person. I don't work out in the morning. I can't. Yes. I can't get up and work out. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah, that's the biggest one for me as far as in, in relationship to sleeping mm-hmm. for sure. 
Yeah. So we, we totally get attached to these stories and we tell ourselves these things, whether we realize it or not. And it's really important when we want to change a behavior, we have to start believing new things about ourselves. So I want to challenge people to really flip the script here. And when you notice those thoughts, because I have those thoughts all the time, exactly what Mm -hmm. you say, my body doesn't like to get up early. I am not a morning workout person. You can challenge that a little bit and ask yourself, is that something I'm just attached to right now? And is that a story that I've told myself before? Because we can start taking actions to disprove those things. And every time you take one of those actions, you're going to be making a vote for the type of person you want to become. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. I love it. Um, I love this because. So yeah, identity is a big thing. Like those thought loops are so interesting and compelling to me because everything we tell ourselves is just a story. Right. But we can, mm-hmm. if you can escape that loop in that story and actually get uh, somewhat of an objective viewpoint of what you're either telling yourself or just become aware of it, you know, you can change your life, whether it's about sleep or anything else. So this is super interesting because not only are like these thought loops in relationship to sleeping, but everything else in life, too. And so if we're becoming aware of like how our relationship with sleep is or waking up, then we can get in other places, too. Yes. Oh, totally. And when we we're going to be doing a few episodes on habit forming and we can talk about how these identities do, in fact, show up in all of these other areas that we're trying to change. Love it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay. so I want to quickly kind of summarize this framework that we're going to use as we have this conversation. So. First, we're going to talk about the four stages of habits. So the four four stages of habits are there's always a cue, a craving, a response, and a reward. So those four things happen whenever we perform Mm -hmm. a habit. So the cue is the trigger. This tells your brain what to do. The craving is going to be the motivational force behind the action. So a really good example I like to use with the craving is brushing our teeth. So we often brush our teeth, not because we're trying to prevent cavities or because we're motivated by going to the dentist and getting high praise from our dentist, the motivational force is the clean feeling that we get, right? You don't want fuzzy teeth. So the motivational force is I want to have that clean feeling inside my mouth. And the people that make toothpaste know this very well because they flavor our toothpaste with things like mint. Mm. Mint has nothing to do with, how clean our teeth are mint has everything to do with the motivational force yes does that make sense man 
Are you, the universe is weird. Connor. Okay, I know we're talking. Yeah, we're not talking about sleep today. We'll, we're going to backtrack yeah. on sleep. Let's just like take a side trail yeah. real quick. I, I literally bought it. different toothpaste. Like more, it was like a natural toothpaste mm. that I found um, by this influencer that I follow for a while. And she's like, all natural stuff. It's not like hokey. It's nothing like charcoal, yeah. but it's a, an ingredient I've never heard of. And I got a description of it. And I was like, oh, cool. Let's try it. Got this toothpaste and uh, it's all natural. It's like better for everything. And uh, it doesn't have like the chemicals that normal toothpaste do. It's mint flavored. It's not like overwhelming, strong mint flavor, but it's enough. Mm -hmm. It like tastes good versus like the Colgate I used to use. I was like, man, I'm just not getting like that explosion of ice mountain craze in my mouth, like a dance party of mint. I'm like, so I don't feel as clean, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm getting the same like cleansing in my teeth. And like, and in my, literally this morning, in my mind, I thought all of this. And I was like, man, they really yeah. sell products just by putting a bunch of mint in them and like getting that clean sensation versus actually like cleaning yes. and doing well, good things for our teeth. Like that's the product is the clean sensation, yes. not the actual, you know, clean of the teeth. But okay, I think that I'm sorry, that was off track. But um, yeah, let's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You you highlighted such an important point in that the craving to brush our teeth stems so much from having that burst, yeah. that blast of minty freshness. And people are well aware of that. Ma- toothpaste manufacturers are well aware of that. Um, okay, so we have the cue, your trigger, the thing that tells your yeah. brain what to do. You have the craving. Then you have the response, which is the action we take. So if we stick with this brushing your teeth scenario, it's, you know, the cue might be I'm getting ready for bed. The craving is I really want that minty, fresh taste in my mouth. The response is brushing your teeth. It's the action that you're taking. And then the reward are the benefits you get Mm -hmm. from that. You know, I went through, I brushed my teeth and now I feel clean. I don't have fuzzy teeth anymore. So that's the reward. So those are the four stages of habits. Cue, craving, response, reward. So really quickly, we're going to review the four laws of habits. And then we'll kind of break this down with sleep. And we'll go through the four stages And I'll show you how the four laws of habit forming kind of fit in with the four stages. So the four laws of forming good habits. And again, this is a framework you can use to form lots of different habits. The four laws are make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. Obvious, attractive, easy, satisfying. So I also want to point out the inverse of this is also true. So when you think about breaking a bad habit, you want to make it invisible, unattractive, difficult, and unsatisfactory. Okay. 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 So let's dive into sleep. Okay. So that was. Yeah. The laws of making a habit, right? The first point, the first four you said. So then to break a habit, 
Um, you have to do the mm-hmm. opposite. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. You got it. And then this will start to make more sense. I'll give you some examples and you'll be able to start to use some of these examples in different right. scenarios and make them kind okay. of fit you. Cool. Okay. So um, let's talk about the cue. So when it comes to sleep, every good habit starts with a cue. So we have to have a trigger. Um, I think the easiest kinds of triggers are time bound. And what I mean by that when it comes to sleep is having a bedtime. So Bones, do you have an adult yeah, bedtime? Yeah, I mean, it's rough. It's like 9.30 to 10, 10 15. Okay. That's usually about when I'm in bed. Okay. I, I actually like that you kind of have, you give yourself a little bit of flexibility yeah. there. Yeah. It's a range. Sometimes it's a, I, I yeah, like to do a, a little more doom scroll. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all do that. <laughs> Not great. Um, I, I often will recommend having an adult bedtime just so that you can use it as a reminder and that it can become your cue or your trigger. Okay. And this way you can kind of gently note, um, for example, my bedtime is 830. I know that's really early, but around eight o'clock. I can kind of get my wind down routine going. I might even set a reminder on my phone to remind me that my bedtime is coming up. So that's my cue. Um, Some people's inner child or inner adolescent will rebel against that because it feels like a really hard set rule. So that's really uh, that's why I liked why you gave yourself that range of, you know, bed is between this time and this time. And if no, that's go ahead. Good. I'm happy for myself. Oh, OK. <laughs> if, yeah. If if you're the type of person whose inner child is I am an adult, you cannot tell me what to do. I want to rebel against any rule uh-huh. that is placed on me. I would recommend anchoring your bedtime to something else that happens every single night. So we all kind of have nightly routines that take place. And an example of this would be every night I eat dinner. Every night I watch TV. Every night I shower. So if you have these things that happen every single night, anchor your bedtime to that sequence. So do something like eat dinner, watch two TV shows, take your shower, get into bed. Knowing that that sequence will probably happen at approximately the same time. Most days. Yeah, totally. Does that make sense? Okay. I think that's a really good strategy for people who are also perfectionist or all or nothing people where if you give them a rule and say your bedtime is at 9 p.m. If they are not in bed at 9 p.m., they they say their internal dialogue says, well, I just effed that up. You know, I I failed. I failed. I wasn't in bed by nine. 
I'm just going to screw it and stay up late and then I'll try again tomorrow. So that's a very common mentality that we don't want. So give yourself a bedtime or anchor it to a routine that you do every single day. And I can see that becoming stressful too if you can't quite get to bed at 9 p.m. And that creates stress. And then when it is time to bed, say you go to bed at 9.30, you're kind of riled up. So yes. Now, yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point. It can, it can feel stressful. It can cause anxiety. Oh, I said my bedtime was nine and it's after nine and I'm not yeah. in bed. Now I'm not going to get the totally. sleep I need. Yeah, that can. That's that's so true. Yeah. So I think it's important to make sure your habits flex with yeah. you, knowing that you're going to have days that are a little off. You might get home from work later than others, but generally you can still follow this routine, get to bed within that range. So this is a really good example of this idea of having a bedtime, maybe even putting a reminder in place of making it obvious. So remember, one of the laws of forming good habits is make it obvious. So having a bedtime, creating a trigger, so maybe setting a little reminder on your phone is obvious. Mm -hmm. You know exactly when you're supposed to go to bed. Okay, so that's the cue. Next, we're going to talk about the craving. So remember, the craving is the second stage of habits. The craving is that motivational force behind wanting to take an action. It's, I want to brush my teeth because I want the clean, minty, fresh feeling in my mouth. So. This is an interesting thought in that we don't we don't ever crave the habit itself. We crave the change in the state it delivers. We don't ever crave the habit itself. We crave the Hmm. change in the state that it delivers. Yes. How the habit's going to make you feel, how it's going to change your life. Um, Yes. So we brush our teeth because we want a clean mouth. We watch TV because we want to be entertained. We drink alcohol because we want to decompress. We want to change our state. Totally. So the question here is how do you make your bedtime, your bedroom, your sleep routine craveable? Do you have any thoughts about that? How do I make it craveable? How do you make it craveable? Oh, yeah. I have plenty of thoughts. Yeah. So, tell me. The first one is, this might go against what you would recommend. Oh, I want to hear it. And I'm interested to hear. Yeah. I, I like taking melatonin. I don't take it. I take like 1.5 milligrams. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. Just enough to take the edge off, you know, and get you in that sleepy state. Yeah. But they taste delicious. They're gummies. They're good. And I like them. Oh. And then mm-hmm. I have like a CBD gummy with like turmeric and like it's like a really good quality CBD gummy and that mm-hmm. tastes good. I like, take that. But like, boom. That's like, you know, I take that, brush my teeth. Within 15 minutes of taking those, I'm in bed. So that's like a, a yummy cue. Like, yes, I get to take these two things. I'm not like a joyous little kid about it, but I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, this tastes good. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing. Um, I think my mind goes to creating like a room environment, obviously. So I know we, we, we would typically think, oh, 
uh, blinding, uh, room darkening shades, make it cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, those are good. Um, I think something like no TVs in the room are a big rule for me and Jess. Yeah. Like we don't want any TVs in the room um, because that's a distraction. And I actually changed one thing in my sleep to make it more craveable for me lately. So it's pretty good that we're talking about this. This is totally mm-hmm. random. I am failing this past week, but for about one week, I bought an alarm clock and it was a slow rise alarm clock. Like the, it had a big light on it and like the light would like slowly like turn on. Is this and the Nest? Kind of like bur- uh, it's not the Nest. It's like or some the- Amazon offshoot. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's like, it's like that. And you know, the light slowly turns on, the birds slowly start chirping louder and louder and louder and you wake up. And it was nice. And I took my phone and plugged it in the kitchen because I have a horrible habit of watching YouTube before bed as I'm falling asleep. It literally puts me to sleep. I watch something called ASMR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it puts me to sleep. Right. I like it. It's like calming. Yeah. But like you said, it's counterproductive most likely. And I knew in, in my gut was telling me this is counterproductive. Also, I would scroll in the morning and I would waste 20 minutes to a half hour waking up to my phone. I didn't want mm-hmm. to do that anymore. So for about a week, I put the phone in the kitchen. Jess went on vacation to Arizona. I brought the phone back in the room, and I've yet to mm-hmm. expel it again. So tonight, I'm going to put it back in the kitchen, and she can probably hear me right now, so she's going to hold me to it. But that is one thing that make it more craveable. Like, I'm going to get better. Like, I really just want better sleep, and that's the motivation. So the craving, like making a more craveable environment, would be taking those distractions away um, and, and actually getting good sleep. Yes. That's my thought. Bingo. You nailed it. You nailed it in that. Yes. yes. You get an A plus. Hell yeah. You're, you're paying attention to what's called choice architecture. And choice architecture is all about designing your space, just like you're doing, to encourage what you want and discourage what you don't want. Mm-hmm. So you're paying close attention and doing things like the blackout curtains and not having a TV in there, plugging your phone in another room, buying an actual alarm clock that has light and sound. Um, I wrote down some other ones of ones that I do is I make the bed in the morning. Because when my bed is made, it's much more inviting. I feel like I want my bedroom to always feel like an Airbnb or a hotel when I walk in at night. Mm, so I don't want to yeah. have any I don't want to have any clutter because I love that feeling of going on vacation and getting into a freshly made bed. And so I try to recreate that feeling. So I make yeah, the bed every morning. It's fresh and um, cozy. And like, I, I, something about checking into a hotel, unless it's like a dump. Like, I don't think, but like something about checking into a hotel is like so relaxing. Yes. So relaxing. And yeah, that's probably in due to the fact that it's so like clean, fresh, a little bit different and new. And yes. the bed is made. Yes. So that makes, that makes the bedroom feel craveable to me. Um, totally. Some other things people can think about you can't do blackout curtains, do a sleep mask. You could do essential oils. You could do a sound machine or ambient noise. 
You could do earplugs. You could have a really good book that you're looking forward to reading on your nightstand. Uh, Removing your phone charger was one that I wrote down. I think that's brilliant. Because if your phone charger is plugged in right next to your bed, what are you going to do? You're going to plug your phone in and you're going to be on your phone. You're going to be looking at your phone. And sometimes when we wake up in the middle of the night, we check our phone. And that actually inhibits our ability to go back to sleep because we're exposing ourselves to that blue light. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going to take the phone out of the room completely. I would also say if you get stuck in the doom scroll before mm-hmm. bed, remove certain apps from your phone. So maybe log out of Instagram, log out of Facebook. The idea is... You can keep those apps on your phone, but if you log out of them, there's enough friction there of having to type in your password and username again that you might say, eh, I don't don't need to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, choice architecture. We're designing these spaces that are attractive. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the laws of habit forming. Make it attractive, make it satisfying, have a really cozy and welcoming space. Um, I think this is actually one of my favorite, my favorite parts of habit forming is is making things craveable and in encouraging the things that you want to do more of. Okay, so we've done Q, we've done craving. Now we're on to the third stage of forming a habit, which is your response, the action you take. So really, the examples that we've used so far is your cue is your phone tells you it's bedtime. The craving might be, oh, I have a really great book I get to read before bed. and I'm going to play my ambient noise and I'm going to get snuggled up in my freshly made Mm -hmm. sheets (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's the craving that feeling of i get to kind of hunker down and and then your response is you turn off the tv brush your teeth you go to bed okay so next we're going to jump to the reward which is all of the benefits that you receive and i think it's really important to take note of the benefits that you're getting. Because if there's no reward at the end of this habit loop or this habit chain, you're not going to repeat it. So you want to take note of how you feel. Um, and I think this idea of making it satisfying kind of fits in with this reward part. And I don't know if you've ever done something like this, Bones, but there's a lot of people that track. They track their sleep in their in their Fitbit, maybe, or mm-hmm. you might track your sleep. Even even a really basic habit tracker of you kind of have a little checklist. You give yourself a check mark of, oh yes, I I went to bed at eight thirty. I got up on time. And I don't know what it is. And maybe this is just my personality. There is nothing more satisfying than kind of giving myself a nice check mark of, yeah, I did it. And then you can kind of watch these habit streaks form. 
Yeah. The chain, um, right? No, no broken links in the chain. Exactly. The yeah. Chain, I think yeah. I can, I think that can feel rewarding and satisfying yeah. for a lot of people or just, or just looking at your weekly sleep report. If you're into using some of this sleep technology where you're tracking your sleep and at the end of the week, you get this report of, Oh, you, you're improving your sleep. Look at how much better you're sleeping. Look at how much more you're sleeping. I think that can feel really satisfying yeah. too. For sure. Yeah. There are like when Jess used to wear the whoop, the whoop band, the wristband. Yes. Um, yeah. And that would give her track would give her heart rate variance. And, uh, it was useful for a while. It was like good to see, you know, but I think a lot of people don't use that information. Uh, I think especially in like the CrossFit realm, whoop and CrossFit are combined at the, mm-hmm. you know, at the hip now. I don't think people use that information and are like, okay, I'm not going to train hard today. I think they're going to train hard regardless, like regardless. Yeah. So, um, it's about using that information too, but you use whoop. There are beds now. You can buy a bed with the mattress has this technology built in where you just go to bed on it and you have an app hooked up to your phone through Bluetooth and it tells you how much you've been turning, um, the amount of sleep that you actually got and you, uh-huh. any disruptions in your sleep and your heart rate variance. And you can set it to cooling and hot. And it's like amazing tech that's that they're putting in beds now for, for sleep quality and sleep tracking. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, I personally have not used any any whoop or anything. I just I kind of put blind. I just it's like I usually get good sleep. Generally, I feel good. I mean, hopefully, maybe I should. Maybe I'm getting horrible sleep. <laughs> um, one thing I'll say is. Usually people who are who have really good sleep routines and are getting good sleep, when you ask a good sleeper, well, what are you doing? They usually say, I don't know. Going to sleep. And if you ask if you ask someone who struggles with sleep, I mean, they'll go through a laundry list of, oh, I just really struggle with sleep. I'm not a morning person. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've. Uh, this would be me, me. I would mm-hmm. go through the laundry list of this is what I'm trying and this is what's not working. And they kind of just obsess over this terrible sleep that they're getting. Um, so I actually think it's good, a good sign that you aren't really into tracking it. You're like, I just know I get enough yeah. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I just know I'm really good at this. <laughs> I'm all natural. Um, okay, so I have, we can kind of start to talk about some really actionable sleep tips if you want to. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So what are some good what are some good sleep tips? Okay, so I'm I made an acronym for my oh, sleep you, tips. You you made this. Yeah, I made this. Okay. Okay, right, so the acronym the acronym is sleep S L E E P sleep. Mm-hmm. The S We'll talk about the S first. The S is serotonin and melatonin. So I talked a little bit about serotonin in the beginning. So that's the neurotransmitter. And it, it's really linked to mood, but it's also linked to healthy sleep patterns. And there's a couple of ways to boost serotonin. You know, exercise is a big one, especially weight training. Weight training is a big one. Diet is important. Meditation can really help boost serotonin. Another thing that I did not know about serotonin is it's a feel-good neurotransmitter. And one thing that you can do is 
cuddle. Mm. So giving hugs. Yeah, giving. Well, you could cuddle your dog, but giving snuggles and hugs. and, And I was thinking about that. And I thought, man, maybe this is one of the reasons that some people really like to snuggle before bed is because it produces that good mood. It encourages these healthy sleep patterns. Um, and what's interesting and how these two kind of work together is melatonin is synthesized from serotonin. So that's important. So serotonin levels are important. You want to raise your serotonin levels because if you raise your serotonin levels, you will also raise your melatonin levels. So melatonin is your hormone that controls your sleep and wake cycles. And one thing I learned about melatonin is it's called the Dracula hormone because your body starts making melatonin about two hours before bed. And melatonin is really impacted by light and darkness. So this is one of the reasons why you might hear the recommendation of cutting back on screen time, especially at night, because when we're in front of screens, TVs, computers, phones, that's inhibiting our melatonin production. So it's a good idea to dim the lights early so that you can start to tap into your body's natural sleep and wake cycles. So, I mean, that's, that's cool. Cause serotonin, uh, serotonin, it, melatonin is produced from serotonin. Is that what you're saying? Basically yes. like more serotonin, the more melatonin we're going to get. And that, that's really kind of a nice thought is that you serotonin makes you feel safe. It makes you feel good. And in order to sleep, mm-hmm. right. It makes sense. Like hormones really are just sending the information to us, to our bodies that our brains say we want, like, I want to sleep. I want to sleep. But if your body doesn't feel safe, it doesn't have that serotonin it's not, it's going to be pretty difficult. Um, Oh yeah, totally. You know, you know, so like, this is like your hormones really kind of running the show here. So yeah. I mean, um, so you mentioned, uh, cutting back on screen time. So Mm -hmm. what is, what they say about getting more like natural sunlight throughout the day, anything on that, as far as like getting natural sunlight in the morning to cut down on your, um, Jesus, what's the other hormone called? It's a C word. Cortisol? Yeah. Right. So you get up in the morning, you got all this cortisol and it's like, go, but you go in the sunshine and that cuts that back um, and starts actually early production of melatonin. That's what I've learned. And then, you know, that helps with melatonin later at night too, like circadian rhythm. Yes. 100%. Um, Your melatonin levels are, are really in tune to the sun and that circadian rhythm that happens every single day. So when you're exposed to more sunlight during the day, that will also improve your melatonin production later on in the day when it's time to wind down and go to bed. So that's why a really good tip is spend time outside every day, spend time at, spend time in the sunshine, in nature. There's a lot of good hormonal benefits that come from that. And melatonin is one of them. That's my favorite piece of advice I think we've ever given on 
the podcast really is probably mm. top three pieces of advice because when you say cut down on screen time, my brain is like, no, I would like, mm-hmm. I want it. Like I yeah. want, I think it's fun to scroll through the new things and like, yeah, I, I deleted Instagram mm-hmm. for most of last year, but mm-hmm. now I'm back on it. And now it's like, I'm rationalizing it. Right. And my brain's like, it's okay. So yeah. cutting back on screen time feels like a punishment. Whereas mm-hmm. a really solid piece of advice and one that most people don't do is get outside. Yeah. Right? Especially first thing in the morning, get outside and get some early morning mm-hmm. sunshine and go for a walk. You, you feel so much better. And it sounds to me like that's inviting and that's different and totally easily doable for everybody. Even mm-hmm. if it's not in the morning, just get outside. Like you take uh, Annie out on these hikes in the woods, like the daily dog do walk. Mm-hmm. Daily dog. The daily dog. It, anybody can do that. You step outside. Yeah. yeah. And it's so beneficial. So that's probably my favorite piece of advice. So thank you for bringing it up again. You, you said something that is really important in that in general, when we try to make changes, it's way easier to think about adding something than subtracting something. When we try to take things away, like when I try to take away your screen time, it can create a lot of resistance and your inner child wants to rebel against that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's totally normal. It's totally normal. And so in our mind, it's way easier to add something versus subtract something. So add more time outside in nature, in the sunlight versus limit your screen time yeah and you know what let me go off that Mm -hmm. if you add more things that you love you can tell me if you agree or not if you add more things that you love throughout the day naturally Mm -hmm. those things that probably objectively aren't good for you but your brain tells you are good will become less and less right so if you like if you're burnt out or something or you're feeling burnt out it was burnt candle from both ends do more of what you love Instead Mm -hmm. of limiting yourself, I need to do less of this. I need to work less. I need to do less of the gym, less of something else. Don't even think about doing less. Add a little bit more of something you love. Go on a walk with your dogs or nature or sew or knit something or, you know, Mm -hmm. do a podcast. Do more what you love and those other things. You just won't naturally have time for them. So it'll become less, right? I mean, that's totally. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. This works. This works really well. Exactly what you say, exactly what you said when we add things, sometimes it naturally displaces the other things. Mm. And I use this a lot in coaching around food choices. So a lot of people will say, I want to limit my intake of X, Y, or Z. I want to limit my intake of sugar. And I'm going to use willpower. I'm going to grit my teeth and white knuckle my way through this. And I'm going to give up sugar. Mm-hmm. So instead of taking that approach, I will often recommend, what if, what if you left sugar on the table? Sugar is 100% allowed. It can and should be a part of the healthy lifestyle you're creating. What if instead we focused on adding, adding more nutrient-dense foods, drinking more water, eating more fruits and vegetables, eating protein. And we kind of just table the sugar conversation. And what people find is 
when they're focused on adding, oh, I get to add things to my diet. Because every diet I've been on, I've been told to follow rules, to restrict myself, to limit mm. things. They actually find that, oh, you know what? I'm actually not having cravings for sugar as often. I'm actually eating sugar, you know, as treats in moderation once in a while. And it's just, it's, it's such a better mindset to have yeah, to add versus subtract. It's a positive shift. I love it. Um, so we were talking about your sleep acronym. We got super sidetracked, but that was cool. Yeah. We, we did, we got, we got as far as S. So we got serotonin yeah, we got and melatonin. <laughs> yeah. So we yes. have the L double E P left. So what, what is L? Yeah. Um, L is an easy one. L is lose the light because biologically our bodies are so tuned in to, to the day, to that circadian rhythm at night, you know, two hours before your bedtime, really start to dim your lights in the house. Maybe turn on table lamps, maybe turn on candles but turn off your overhead lights and the inverse is also going to be true in that in the morning, expose yourself to light, turn your lights on. You want bright lights in your house. It's going to help you wake up. Even if you wake up really early in the morning when the sun is not up yet, turn your lights on in your house, expose yourself to that light. That's going to trick your brain into that wake up time. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next we got E and we talked a lot about E, which is evaluate your environment. So this is that choice architecture. And this one is really fun for me. And I think it's still my favorite one. So remember, we want to make your environment attractive and satisfying. We want to encourage more of what you want and discourage what you don't want. So my task to everyone listening is walk into your bedroom with that eye of becoming an architecture of behavior change and just look around your room. How can I make this room more attractive, more satisfying, more conducive to sleep? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We talked about that. Yeah. We talked about that with, uh, you know, cold room, right? Room darkening shades, yes. like stuff like that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Remove, remove the TVs, remove the electronics, yeah. create a comfy space, use, use a sound machine, use essential oils, whatever your thing is, have a good book waiting for you, all that. Cuddle your wiener dog. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the second E in the double E is eliminate caffeine afternoon. So I, I'm a caffeine whore. This is tough. I love, yeah, this is tough. I love coffee. That's a hell of a way to word it. That was so strong. (laughs) I'm a caffeine whore. Yeah. I, I love coffee. Um, here's the thing. (laughs) If you have, yeah, here's the thing. If you have 400 milligrams of caffeine, whether you drink coffee or something else with caffeine in it, four milligrams of caffeine is about four cups of coffee, by the way. And I'm talking about four cups as in 
four cups that are eight ounces. Most people's coffee cups, myself included, holds more than eight ounces. Yeah, I was say pretty popular to have 24 to 32, right? Exactly. That's pretty popular. Yeah. Yes. So we, we just have to know that caffeine is staying in your system a long time. Whenever you ingest that caffeine, they, they measure caffeine in half-life. So the half-life of 400 milligrams of caffeine is about four to six hours. So what that means is six hours after drinking that 400 milligrams of caffeine, half of the caffeine that you've consumed is still present in your body. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So think about that. Six hours, your body is still has that caffeine in its system. So if I'm drinking coffee in the afternoon, I mean, at three o'clock in the afternoon, that's going to that's going to impact my sleep. Yeah, because I like to go to bed at eight thirty, but I'm still going to have caffeine in my system when I try to wind down. Yeah, so. I think a lot of people realize mm-hmm. that is it takes that long for caffeine to get out of your body. It's even though it's only half like uh, affecting it still quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. Right. I think it's like just that hour when they feel like that big jolt of energy in the rush it, and then it goes away. Yeah. But it's still super affecting us. Yeah. So because I love coffee so much, I'm not saying give up coffee. I'm just saying, saying have it before noon. Once it's noon, really limit your intake, switch yeah. to decaf. Um, and I think you'll notice that you can start to tap into your body's natural rhythms for sleep. And you may find that you don't need those sleep aids anymore mm-hmm. because I was addicted to those sleep aids because I was depending on so much caffeine. So I would tell myself, I have to take melatonin or I will not fall asleep. Mm-hmm. When really, if I just had my caffeine before noon, my body naturally wants to go to sleep yeah. at night. One thing that Jess does for her coffee, she has this ritual every morning she'll mm-hmm. get up and she's not working out either way. She'll get up and, you know, have like her, the coffee set up going and like, she'll do the whole ritual of making the coffee herself, pouring, steeping, blah, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And yeah. then she'll go sit on the couch and just scroll on the phone and sip mm-hmm. coffee for like 20 minutes and then like get into her day. And that's always her ritual. I think that's, it's a habit and it's so key to her getting that first little bit of caffeine in and getting that little bit of peace in the morning too. Mm, And it sets her up for a good day, but she also has like really good sleep hygiene too, where she sets herself up the night before too, Mm -hmm. to, to be able to do that. Yeah. So she gets enough sleep. So I think, yeah, if you can, Maybe like make a habit or ritual out of your morning coffee too. Besides like a rush to Starbucks or something, mm-hmm. is is really cool. Yeah, I, I'm all about rituals, daily yeah. rituals. I like yeah. that. <laughs> okay, so P P is practice consistency, mm. and this is where we're gonna talk about your naps, bones. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't take them anymore. So... I've been taking a nap forever. This was years ago, Connor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But there are a lot of people that take naps. Totally. And so I think I want to address it. But yeah. when it comes when it comes to practicing consistency, the first thing I want to say with this is 
having some sort of wind down routine is important. There's this big misconception around sleep that it works like a light switch in that I get into bed and I turn off. When actually sleep is more like landing a plane where you need 20 to 30 minutes that you can start to get into that sleep headspace. So your wind wind down routine is going to look different from mine, but do you have a wind down routine right now? It's rough. Like I said, I give myself pretty much leeway. Usually at nine o'clock, Jess is like going to bed at that time. I'll turn, you want me to explain my, do you want me to get into it? Yeah. Give me like a quick rundown. Like (laughs) what's your wind down routine look like? I'll try to do it in 60 seconds or less. So Jess goes to sleep. She does her like nighttime routine. I stay on the couch. Shark tank goes off. I'll scroll. Then I'll be like, okay, uh, take my melatonin, take my CBD, take the girls outside, Mm -hmm. take my vitamin D and the other shit that I have to take. I'll go brush my teeth, wash the face. And then basically, yeah, Jess is already pretty much lights are off. I go into a dark room and you know, mm-hmm. go to bed. That's pretty much the wind down is it, it all happens within about 20 minutes, truly 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But also because you have that routine and it happens in that order by by following that ritual, right? That daily ritual. Yeah. You're telling your body we're getting ready for bed. We're winding down. We're going to go into a dark, cold room. So really having something is going to be key. Um, I like to, I like to turn lights off. So have the lights kind of low. I might have some magnesium or a cup of tea. And then Sometimes, not all the time, I'll do a nighttime meditation that just helps me kind of decompress. Mm-hmm. And then I'll play ambient noises um, before I fall asleep. So again, it's like 20 minutes. Yeah. And teeth teeth brushing is in there, stuff like that is in there. But yeah. Have something. If you're a meditator, that's great. You could shower, you could journal. If you're a worrier. And you find that you stay up worrying, keep a worry journal next to your bed. Mm-hmm. So that way, before you go to bed, you can do a big brain dump, put it out on paper. So that way, you're not trying to fall asleep with all of those thoughts yeah. circling. I think getting that ritual too helps you release maybe some serotonin and feel safe because you know what to expect, right? Yeah everything's yes. expected everything you know what's going to happen yeah. and therefore there's no second guessing 100 percent. yeah and our our in i think i've just said this before but i just want to reiterate the point that our internal body clock loves routine mm-hmm. loves it so if you can create a wind down routine that you really like and enjoy and look forward to it to make it satisfying and attractive yeah it's going to be that much easier for you to get that quality sleep that you need. So going along with practicing consistency, I want to debunk some myths in that we can't bank sleep. We cannot catch up on sleep on the weekends. 
and we can't binge on sleep. Mm-hmm. We all think we can do these things, but really, because our bodies are so tuned in biologically to the sun and the daylight hours and the nighttime, it it doesn't work. <laughs> it really doesn't work. And this kind of plays into, into nap time. Really, naps are okay, but you shouldn't use naps, daytime naps, to catch up on sleep or make up sleep. Because it's really, it's going to disrupt your ability to actually fall asleep when it's dark out. I read that a really good nap time, if you are a nap person, is maybe 20 to 25 minutes. Because you're really not going to complete a full cycle of sleep. That's usually an hour, an hour and a half. You're not going to get into deep sleep. You're not going to feel groggy when you wake Mm. up from that nap. That doesn't sound appealing to me. I don't want to do 20 to 25 minutes. If no, I'm, I don't like, I'll just be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll stay awake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, naps are like, I'm going down, dude. I'm taking the next two hours off. <laughs> That's yeah. But I, I agree. Like, but they feel worse afterwards, usually, especially in the, if it's like 12. Yes. And it, it really, it's counterproductive later on. Yeah. So we think I'll sleep in. I'll take a longer nap today. I'll catch on catch up on sleep this weekend. I'll bank some sleep. Mm-hmm. Really, you want to maintain that rhythm, that rhythm yeah. of your routine as much as you can. The biggest advice here is after you have a bad night of sleep or after you have a night of sleep that's just crummy and we've all been there. The best advice is do nothing, do nothing, stay the course, go through your day, go to bed when it's your bedtime, wake up when you normally wake up and just try to get right back into that rhythm. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's like how many times have we heard, like you said, um, I caught up on some sleep this weekend. I mean, a lot of people say that. I'm so guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so guilty of that. Yeah. Um, okay, I have a bonus tip. We just right. went through the sleep the sleep acronym. Yeah, let's repeat S-L- the sleep acronym. Yeah. Yeah. S L E P. S was serotonin and melatonin. L is lose the light. E is evaluate your environment. E eliminate caffeine afternoon, and P is practice consistency. It's beautiful. Yeah. You ready for the bonus tip? Yeah. Okay. So since my favorite thing is the, the, the sleep architecture, the choice architecture, which is our environment and really focusing on our environment, I want to point out that when it comes to sleep, you can also use your social environments. So in the same way that we talked about choice architecture in that we want to encourage the behavior we want and discourage the behavior we don't want, your social environments also play a role here and you might not realize it. 
So when I think about improving your social environments, examples of this might be joining groups where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. So think about joining a morning walking group, maybe a morning dog walking group, or scheduling morning coffee meetings, Mm -hmm. or making plans with a friend to attend the gym in the morning. That's important because it's going to encourage these better sleep patterns. And it's also going to be waking up early or waking up on time easier, more satisfying. There's going to be a little bit more accountability there. If you have someplace to go, if you're planning to meet up with someone, if you've Mm -hmm. scheduled something in the morning. So that's really important because we know the inverse is true also, which is if your social environment is hanging out with people that like to. I don't know, play video games late into the night, you hang out at bars late into the night, go to midnight movies. That's going to encourage the behavior that you don't want. Right. I love that quote. And we, yeah, I love that. Where the normal expected behavior, the desired behavior is the normal behavior. Yeah. We're social creatures. And we're going to, even if you want like proof, if you ever have a baby or see a baby at a gym, Especially CrossFit gym is so much, it's really popular, but babies anywhere yeah. you see, they see their parents doing something over and over and then all of a sudden they start to mimic it mm-hmm. and don't, they don't know why, but they do. So that's like rooted in us, right? To see mm-hmm. behavior in our social environment and mimic it because we want to fit in. Or, I mean, now it's like the inverse because you can choose your groups, whatever group we want. Yeah. So, I mean, how many people, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the classic case of, uh, turning your life around or like getting into fitness or like losing a bunch of weight. You were in one mm-hmm. social group before where it wasn't working out. And then you're like, screw this. I want to make a change. And you join a different social group. And like yeah. that itself is a catalyst. You might not even change your diet too much, or maybe you just start walking, but then you'll just start inching closer towards that goal and that behavior. Yeah, exactly. And again, I think it's important to say, There is nothing wrong with playing video games late into the night. There's nothing wrong with going out with your friends and drinking on occasion. There's nothing wrong with seeing a midnight movie showing. What matters is what we do most of the time, not what we do some of the time. So those are going to be the one-off things. What we're trying to do here is build better rituals, better habits, better routines. Totally. It's great. It's great advice. I love it. It lets you zoom out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, Connor. Man, that was great. I love talking about sleep. I think it's one of our best subjects to talk about because we all do it and we all want better sleep. And then when you get a bad night of sleep, it's it sucks. You know? Mm-hmm. So any any different ways we can, you know, learn to to get better sleep and get better at sleep, which sounds weird it's supposed to be natural, but we've made it pretty mm-hmm. unnatural. Like you said, with screen times, um, is, I think it's great. So this is a great discussion. Um, yeah. And do you have anything else for sleep today? No, oh, I think that's it for today, but I hope people got some good takeaways. Yeah. And really, I think going in and looking at your choice architecture and making your 
your bedroom a little bit more inviting and attractive and satisfying mm-hmm. is is one of my favorite takeaways. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Okay, well, guys, use this advice. And Connor, good luck presenting this to your group later on. And yeah, we're going to be back yeah, with thanks. more more habit-forming uh, topics later on. So yeah, we'll be back next week.